This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, today kicks off the first day of 21 days of fasting. And I just want to encourage you, my, my message today is Fasting and Prayer Part 1. And so I'm going to talk to you about fasting and prayer. It's not just fasting. Because if you just fast, that's just a diet. (laughs) Amen. But it's fasting and prayer. You have to get God in your equation. And I want to encourage you on this 21 days of fasting, no matter how you fast, you know, some of I I would recommend that you get rid of all the junk food. Amen. And uh, just get rid of all the sugar, all the processed food for 21 days. Uh, You know, get the junk out of your trunk. (laughs) Amen. <laughs> Get the junk out of your trunk. Amen. And, um, and, and, and eat healthy. Glory to God. We, we, had, uh, we had a lady over here eating a banana and, and that's approved. Amen. And so, and so eat something that's not processed and, um, and, and just endeavor that you're going to stay on it. Stick with it for 21 days. And there's many types of fasts. And, and, uh, and we have paperwork out there that tells you how to fast. Me, personally, I'm going to fast until 4 o'clock and then eat a healthy meal after 4 o'clock. Amen? Uh, and the 21 days of fasting, also, we want to encourage you to read your Bible. I know that might be a novel idea for some of us. Uh, read your Bible. And uh, we want to encourage you to read the Gospel of John. There's 21 chapters in the Gospel of John. And uh, just read one every day. Amen. One chapter every day. How many people can do that? One chapter of 21, uh, 21 chapters. And then, of course, Yen gave me a great idea about, you know, we text out scriptures. And uh, maybe I'll text out a scripture of, uh, you know, something that pops out on me in each chapter to keep you guys motivated. Amen. Amen. So each chapter, I'm going to pull out something that that's going to feed your spirit. Glory to God, because we need our we need to be feeding our spirits. So today I'm talking to you about fasting and, and, and prayer. And let's go to Mark 2, 18 through 20. And this is talking about Jesus here. And it says here that, uh, that the disciples of John and the Pharisees were fasting. So we know that they practiced fasting often uh, uh, during that day. And, uh, and it was something that they did. It wasn't something that you, you thought, you know, you, you don't do. That was part of their worship, was fasting. And I think fasting should be a part of our worship Amen. to God. You know, I'm going to say this. I'm, I might be getting ahead of myself. Uh, nobody likes to sacrifice. Who wants to sacrifice anything? Nobody. The, the flesh does not want to sacrifice anything. But I'm going to say this uh, to you today that... That the that the 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 blessing that the 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 blessing is on the altar of sacrifice, amen. And when Abraham you know went to sacrifice Isaac, glory to God, it was a great sacrifice. But God had a ram in the thicket, amen. The angel stopped him from doing that, and now because of that, you know, sacrifice in God's mind. Uh, you know, he already did it, even though Abraham did not kill him in, in his heart. He did. So that 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 preempted God to give us Jesus. 
he matched the sacrifice. Amen? Remember Jesus said, I, remember the, uh, Abraham said, God will provide the sacrifice. Amen. And so here uh, in Mark 2, 18 and 20, he says, the disciples of John and the Pharisees were fasting. Then they came and said to him, why do the disciples of John and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? So we see here that they, were, they had comparativitis. And they were comparing their, you know, fasting. And they were trying to figure out why is Jesus' disciples not fasting? And so, um, and so, and Jesus said to them, can the friends of a bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them and then they will fast in those days. Somebody say to their neighbor, these are the days. Now, you know, it's, it, you know it, 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 it was bad back then, but it's getting worse even today. You know, the Bible says that, that the whole world is getting worse. It's, it's getting more corrupt. It's not getting any better out here. Have you, have you looked at the news lately? It is really bad. But, but the church is supposed to get brighter. The church is supposed to be more glorious. The church is supposed, there's supposed to be more love, peace, and joy in the church. Glory to God. And so, and so we see here that, that they were comparing. And, and we see here that fasting, really, uh, Jesus was saying, I am with the disciples. My ever-abiding presence is with them. So they don't need a fast. And, and when Jesus is in heaven, yes, he's in our hearts. But I need that ever-abiding presence. To, I need to sense His ever-abiding presence every day. And sometimes, I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes I don't feel saved. Am I preaching to anybody today? Do you ever feel like, feel like you don't have Jesus? It, it, sometimes our feelings will trump, you know, what we believe. And we got to be very careful with feelings. Feelings, <laughs> nothing more than feelings, right? We got to be careful because our feelings can lead us into a ditch. And so, what we need to we need to learn that fasting really disconnects us from our feelings, amen. And 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 prayer connects us to God. So, you know, I, I, I like the, I don't know if you ever heard of the hundredfold blessing. Anybody ever heard of the hundredfold blessing in here? Well, Jesus was, uh, you know, one of his most uh, popular uh, parables was the parable of the sower. And in the parable of the sower, he talks about four soils. He talks about the shallow so- soil, the rocky soil, the thorny soil. Then he talks about the good soil. Somebody, look at your neighbor and say, you're good soil. Amen. You're good soil. Amen. But in that good soil, in the good soil, you can produce different amounts of blessing or harvest. And so in the good soil, in Matthew 13, 8, it says, but others fell on good ground and yielded a crop. And it says, some a hundredfold some 60 and some 30. Now, how many people just want to be 30-fold blessing people in here? No, you don't. 
How many people want to be 60 full blessing people? No, no. You want to go for the whole enchilada. Did I say it right? Amen. I'm not Spanish, but amen. But the whole burrito, amen. You want to go with the whole thing, glory to God. I want the hundredfold blessing in my life. Amen. And so I, I really believe it, it equates to some things. You know, as a Christian, uh, you know, when you get saved, it's not just, you know, cherries and cream. It's not just cookies. and It's not just an easy life. I'm saved now. I don't have to do anything. God does it all. You know, that's the new fault religion. God's in control. He does it all. No, God works through us to get things done. So it's not all on God. And it's not all on us. It's God working through us the hope of glory. So it's God working through us. God worked through you today to get you to church this morning. You didn't, you didn't get here by yourself. Thank God that he got us here to church to hear a word in due season. So, uh, so, so there's disciplines. Oh, pastor, did you have to go with that word discipline? Oh, nobody likes discipline. Nobody likes to discipline themselves. But, but there's disciplines that you need to walk in if you're going to walk in the hundredfold blessing. It's in Matthew 6. And, and I really believe that there's three major disciplines that the Christian needs to walk in if he's going to walk in the fullness of the hundredfold blessing. How many people want to be hundredfold blessing people in here? Amen. Amen. So listen up. This is good. Number one, in Matthew 6, uh, Jesus talks about giving. Amen. As a Christian, you know, we need to be givers. And now you're, now you're getting nervous. Don't, uh, now, now you're grabbing on. Now you're holding on to your wallet. It's like, oh, my Lord Jesus. Now it's a, it's a message on giving. Oh, Lord Jesus. No, no, but, but we are supposed to be givers. God created us not to be people that just receive all the time. It's good to re- be good receivers, but we also have to be good givers. Because, see, if you're just a receiver, you're, you're like a stagnant uh, pond or a stagnant puddle. Uh, you know, a, a living you know, like a river. You need to be like a river Christian. That means you receive and you give. You give and you receive. And it flows through you. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? So Jesus talks about giving here. He says, take heed that you do not consider your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. In other words, you have no reward from your father in heaven. So he's saying that the Pharisees, what they would do is they would let everybody know what they were giving. So they can get accolades. They can get their approval from men. We don't get our approval from men. We get it from God. Therefore, when you do your charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, And your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. So so he's talking about that we, you know, we don't need to be braggadocious on our giving, but we we, we need to be giving in a way where we want to honor God. Amen? I like what 2 Corinthians says in 
another giving passage. It says, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give at his purpose in his heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity. For God loves a fearful, I'm sorry, a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able, look, look at this, God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you may always have sufficiency in all things, that you may have an abundance for every good work. So he's saying here that if we give generously, we will receive bountifully. That's amazing. And that God will cause all blessings to come in our lives. So, so God created us not to be just receivers, but he created us to be givers. Can I get a witness in the house today? And numbers two, and so you don't really need to argue that fact. I, I think we all understand that God wants us to be givers. Amen? More than just giving finances, giving our time and giving our talents and you know, giving, giving of ourselves to God. Amen. Why? Because Jesus first gave to us his own life. And then number two, it says, when you pray. And I like this. It says, when you give. And then he says, when you pray. In Matthew 6, 5, 6, it says, when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners and the streets that they may be seen by men. Surely I say to you, they have the reward. But when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. I love that. So, so I, I don't know about you, but I don't want rewards from men. I want rewards from God. I want God rewarding me. And notice this, that giving, praying, and we're going to talk about fasting... It's all sacrifice. Oh, I'm preaching today. Oh, my God. It's sacrifice to give. And you, and you, and you barely make an ends meet. But you say, I'm going to be a tither anyway. I'm going to give and honor God anyway. God will honor you. To pray and not just pray for yourself, but to start praying for others. And praying that God will bless others. Uh, you know, you know, that is what that's in the heart of God. Yes, we pray for ourselves, but we need to be praying for others. Amen. Amen. And so and so when we pray, God will reward us. Amen. I like what it says in Ephesians six eighteen. It says pray always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Notice that? So he's saying we need to be praying for all the saints. So not just praying for yourself. See, a lot of times when we get to church and we get saved and we first start coming in, it's all about us. But as we go in the process and as God starts molding us, he's the potter, we're the clay. And he starts molding us, it becomes less about us and more about the kingdom. Say more about the kingdom. And I want to be more about the kingdom. But this flesh, the way we're made up, it's all about us. And we got to get us out of the picture. They say the most miserable people on planet Earth 
are the ones that just think about themselves. Oh, I'm preaching today. That's true. <laughs> say amen or oh me. It's true anyway. They say the people that think about themselves, they end up being more depressed than people that think about others. Amen. If we had a camera of, of our thoughts and if our thoughts and, and it was a movie, we would be starring in the, our movie. If there was a commercial, we would be in that commercial. <laughs> Are you hearing that right? Because, because we're focused on self. And that's what Christianity is about. It's about us taking the focus off ourselves and putting it on Jesus. I'm not preaching to anybody today. I'm telling you, when you start focusing more on Jesus than yourself, ooh, glory. When you start focusing on the mission, John 3, 16, for God to love the world. When you start focusing on souls, winning people to the kingdom of God, you're not going to be worried about yourself. Amen. And you're going to be a much happier, a much joyful, a much peace, a more peaceful person. Can I get a witness in the house today? I always feel good when I sacrifice and sometimes I don't feel like going to church and very rarely. <laughs> very rarely. I love coming to church. Amen. And uh, but but if I didn't feel like maybe I didn't feel like going to church, maybe I'm feeling under the weather. I press through anyway. And when I press through, I'm glad that I did it. Sometimes I, I know we looks like we got some bodybuilders in here. Look like you guys work out. Amen. Well, I'm speaking by faith. And, um, and, and so whenever if ever you hit the gym, anybody ever work out in the gym in here? And I find sometimes that I don't feel like working out. It's like almost every time I want to go. <laughs> every time I want to go, I don't feel like going. I don't want to go. I'm fighting it. But I feel that when I press through and I get in and I get it done, I accomplish something. Oh, you hear what I'm saying today? And I feel like, man, I did something good for my body. Amen. The Bible says your body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. You need to treat your body right. Glory to God. And so in Matthew 6, 16 through 18, it says, moreover, when you fast. Jesus is saying, when you fast. Oh, my Lord Jesus. And you can say, well, he's under the old covenant. You know, he's teaching... No, they fast after Jesus was resurrected. Glory to God. I got some scriptures on that. Amen. And it says here, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces. This is good because you don't want to go around in this fast really sad. And say, oh my God, you go to work and what's wrong with you? My church is having a 21 day fast. Boy, you look bad. Yeah, I've been on it for three days, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm really sacrificing for God. Boy, you are amazing, you know. <laughs> and then there's your reward. But they said to you, you're amazing. Yeah, I guess I am. A little ama- I'm amazing. <laughs> are you hearing what I'm saying? So we don't want to be boasting about what we do in Christ. Amen. We don't want to be boasting about it. Or we'll be like the hypocritical Pharisees. And so it says here, do not be. And you know, I love the way Jesus talks. Do not be like the hypocrites. <laughs> he wasn't winning friends and influencing people, was he? <laughs> he, wasn't trying to, he wasn't trying to win a nomination for, 
for, for being the nicest. They say, you know, uh, you know, as a Christian, you, you got to be nice all the time. Yes, I believe you got to be nice, but you got to tell the truth every once in a while. Amen. And telling the truth might hurt. Amen. It might hurt to tell somebody the truth. But even if you tell the truth, yeah, yeah, I'm not saying call them a hypocrite. But what I'm saying is be honest with people to bring them out of, out of deception so they can come into the blessings of God. So it says here, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you that they have the reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your father who is in secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And again, I want God's best. I want him, you know, to bless me. I want my prayers to be answered. Uh, the Bible says when you pray, it's in Isaiah 58, it's the fasting chapter. It says that God will hear you and grant your requests speedily. Why? Because you're getting close to God. How many people want to get closer to God this year? I want to get closer to God. I don't want to be drawn. You're, listen, listen, let, let me talk to you today. You're either getting closer to God or moving away from God. There's no in the middle. There's no coasting in God. You're either pressing in. The Apostle Paul says, I press towards the mark. You're either pressing or you're relaxing and letting go. And and any dead fish can float downstream. I'm not calling you dead fish this morning, but, but it takes a living fish to swim upstream. In other words, it's going to take a press to fast and to push away the plate. You're going to have to get serious with God. Amen. You're going to have to say, I got to have a God encounter. I got to have a, a Moses experience. I got to have a burning bush experience in my life. I got to have God revealing his truth to me. I can't have another year like last year. Now, last year might have been a good year, but it can't, you can have a better year this year. Amen. Now, last year, you might not, you may have had some good things, but do you believe that there's better? Do you believe that there's abundantly above more than you can ask or think according to the power that works within you? Yes, there's more. Look at your neighbor and say, there's more. So in Acts 13, 1 and 3, the church got together and they were praying. And they were praying and uh, it was, you know, uh, it says they were certain prophets and teachers that were praying. Barnabas and Simeon, Niger and Lucius and Cyrene and all these names that I don't want to even pronounce. And they ministered to the Lord and fasted. I'm going to do what some of these preachers do. Some of these preachers don't even mention these names. They just go down to this next one. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy notice that as they ministered to the Lord and fast, underline that as they ministered to the Lord and fasted. This is New Testament. This is after Jesus was resurrected. This is not this is in the New Testament. Amen. This is the new church age. They ministered to the Lord and fasted. And the Holy Spirit said, now separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. Then they have, fa- there, there we go again. Then they have, have, having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. 
So, so, so we see that fasting and prayer can la- launch you into the ministry that God's calling you into. In other words, look at your name and say, God has something for you to do. Amen. God has something for you to do. And there's a lot of Christians that aren't walking in what God wants them to do. They're, they're in God's permissive will, but they may not be in God's perfect will. I'm preaching today. And I don't know about you, but I want to be in the perfect will of God for my life. I want to be in the, uh, in the center of God's will and on the cutting edge of God's will at the same time. Can you be on the edge and in the center at the same time? Sure you can. And I want to be on the cutting edge of what God is doing. Glory to God. So praise God. So we see here that, that even the Apostle Paul, he revealed that he fasted often. And so Apostle Paul was an amazing man of God that received all these revelations from God. Paul, Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Paul was one of the greatest apostles ever raised up by the Lord Jesus Christ. And God is raising up some great men and women in Exceed Life Church to do great and mighty things. Say, that's me. Some of you are not saying it. Some of you are not saying a word. Why? Because you don't want the ministry of Apostle Paul. You don't want to get beat. You don't, want, you don't want the persecution that comes with greatness. If you're going to have greatness, there's going to be persecution. If you're going to walk in the greatness of God, there's going to be, there's going to be some sacrifice. If you're going to walk in the blessings of God, there's going to have to be something that you're going to have to do to put something down. Yes, I'm saying it. I'm saying it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not all about just, like I say, again, cookies and cream. We just sit here. You know, I, you know I'm the coach. You're the players. So you have to play this game and, and called Christianity. And we play it, and it's life. It's life that we're playing, and, and it's for keeps. And everything that we do here, do you know heaven is recording everything that we do? Oh, I'm preaching today. Do you know heaven is recording the all-seeing eye? I'm preaching. I'm not talking about that eye on the, on the dollar bill. I'm talking about God, the all-seeing He sees everything. And he sees everything that we do. And he's taking note of it. And not only will he bless us in this life, but he will bless us in a life thereafter. So we're not just living this life for today and just for this life. No, we're living it for the future. We're living it for that, that day when Jesus says, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter in to the joy of your Lord. I want, I want to hear that. I don't want to hear, well, and that's it. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear, well done. Well, you made it in, but you didn't live your life the way you needed to, and you got it in, but by the skin of your teeth. I don't want to get in heaven by the skin of my teeth. I want, I want the angels. I want, the, uh, I want all heaven open up when I come into heaven. 
I want people to be around that, that I influence that's already went on to be in heaven to be there to meet me at the pearly gates. I don't want crickets to be there. Where's everybody at? <laughs> well, what did you do down on planet Earth? Nothing. <laughs> well, you got in. You made it in. But no, it's, it's, more about, it's more than just making it in. It, it's about coming in triumphantly. In Christ, amen? So Paul says here in 2 Corinthians uh, 11.27, uh, he's talking about his walk in Christ. He says, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst. So, so, so that, those are lean times. In fastings often. Now when he says hunger and thirst, those were days that he was going hungry, but he didn't want to go hungry. Those were lean days in God. Sometimes we may have some lean days in God. Then he says, in fastings, often in cold and nakedness. We know Paul had a special calling. Uh, you know, the Lord Jesus said what great things he would suffer for the kingdom of God. So his calling was a little different than what, what, what God's calling us into. There's going to be some suffering, but I don't believe it's going to be to the degree of what Paul went through. And here he says, in fasting, so that means on purpose, Paul, on purpose, decided not to eat for the kingdom of God. And he did that often. Why? Because, you know what? I, he valued the anointing. Oh, I'm preaching today. See, see, the anointing, it's God's grace on us. And I, you have to contend for God's grace to be on your life. You have to contend, the Bible says, contend for the faith. You have to contend for the grace. You've got to fight for the anointing. You know, you know it, it's, the anointing is not cheap. It doesn't come cheap. You're going to have to pay rich dividends to walk in the anointing of God. All great men and women that ever did anything in God, I guarantee you, they fasted and prayed. They sought the Lord. And then God gave them the burning bush experience. And that burning, we need a burning bush experience to change our lives. How many people are looking for that burning bush experience in this next 21 days? I got to have it. I don't want a humdrum Christian walk. I don't want a milk toast, backslidden Christian walk. I don't want to live like that. Lots of Christians are living like that, lukewarm, backslidden. Not us. We're, we're going to get fired up. I'm saying this church is going to be the most going to be the most fired up church, not the unfired up church, but the most fired up church. Glory to God! I'm going to say this: Your body makes a great servant, but a terrible master. Tweet that. Your body makes a great servant, but a terrible master. In other words, your body—you don't want your body controlling you. You're supposed to be controlling your body. See, if, if you lose your temper real easy and you blow off real easy, you're not in control. You're like a city with broken down walls. We, we all are navigating these, these issues in our life. I'm navigating it too. No, I'm talking to myself. <laughs> Amen. We all can get upset. We all can lose our cool. We all can blow our tops. 
Are you hearing like Fred Flintstone? We all can do that. But we, but we need to learn to control ourselves. And I believe that when you start fasting, it puts you, your spirit, in the driver's seat. Your body's not in the driver's seat any longer. Your body's not controlling you anymore. It's not leading you down a primrose path of death. It, 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 your body can lead you in the wrong directions. It can get you out of the will of God. And the most important place for you to be is smack dab in the middle of God's will. So Paul reveals to us the power of controlling your body. In 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 27, it says, Know ye not that which, that which run the race, run all, but one receives the prize. He's talking about our Christian walk is, is like running a race. Like I said, we're playing the game of Christianity, but it's the game of life. And so he says, so run that you may obtain, and every man that strives for the mastery is temperate or self-restraint in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown. He's talking about, he's talking about like the Olympics. You know, they train to win a corruptible, you know, we have the Olympics, you win a gold medal. And these people practice in the rain. They practice when it's not easy. They do it all the time so they can get this gold medal and get some accolades. But, but he says, but we, we uh, he says, they do it for a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. Therefore, so run not and uncertainly, so fight not as one that beats the air. But I keep under my body, underline that, I keep under my body and bring it into subjection lest there by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. This is really powerful. Because he's saying, you know, I have to run according to the rules. And when we live this Christian life, we have to live it by, really, God's going to judge how we live our life and in the intents of our heart. And are we living to please ourselves or are we living to please God? I'm preaching today. You, I know you said, man, I ain't come out here to hear all this. I want to hear that. I want to pat on the head and tell me I'm doing great. Keep going. You don't need to do anything. No, there's some stuff you got to do. Amen. If you're going to contend for the faith, the apostle Paul reveals the importance of sacrifice. And sac- the, the, the theme of sacrifice runs all through the entire Bible. And if you're not going to be, if you don't understand what sacrifice is, you're not going to understand what the blessing is. Because the, 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 the greatest blessing is always on the altar of sacrifice. In Romans 12, 1 and 2, uh, Paul says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. There we go. Holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed. Uh, to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. He's saying here that we need to be presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice. This next 21 days, you're going to be a living sacrifice for the Lord Jesus Christ. You're going to be sacrificing. You're not, your body's going to be saying, I want a cookie today. And you're going to say, no, not today. I'm not going to do it today. I'm not going to do it. To, I'm going to wait. I'm going to eat good. I'm going to, I'm going to fast. I'm going to, I'm going to fast two, three meals a day. Three meals? 
You know, there, there's, you know, in the, in the health community, they talk about intermittent fasting. I'm going to go on site. And in intermittent fasting, that means that you have a window of eating. And so normally the most popular one of, of the window of fasting is 16 hours off, 8 hours on. That means that 16 hours, you don't eat anything in a 16-hour window. Amen. Oh, man, I'm getting a lot of amens on here. And, and so, and so the, those eight hours, that's, that's your feeding window. But, but in that eight hours, you're not eating for the full eight hours, okay? I can eat for full eight hours. No, 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 no. You're, you're eating maybe one or two meals in that eight hours. And the 16 hours, you're in a fasted state. And in that fasted state, your body's feeding off the fat that you've put on your body. And so your body's feeding off that fat. It's called ketones. And that fat that you're burning is a better fuel than the glucose or the sugar that we take in that's normally running our bodies. And so when you're running off ketones, you feel better. You think better. Your life goes higher. Amen? And so, and so, and so you, can, you can fast uh, those, those eight hours. Amen? And, and, but there is one... You know, when I said three, you know, you want to skip all three meals. That's, that's, that's fasting for the entire day. But there is one, uh, one uh, fast that you can do. It's called OMAD. And what OMAD stands for is one meal a day. OMAD. And it will make you mad. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> it's one meal a day. OMAD. Ah. What, what's that old saying? It's it's not you're you're hungry, you're you're angry, you're 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 hungry, but you have angry in there. Amen. A, what's that? Hangry. hangry. I'm hangry today. Amen. So it's a combination of hunger and anger. Amen. And so and so we got to get a revelation. And, and and one meal a day will not kill you. You're like okay, pastor. You keep preaching. Amen. So anyway, in Galatians, it says, I, I say then walk in the spirit, Galatians 5, 16, 26, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you're led by the spirit, you are not under the law. So what, what Paul is saying is that we are in a battle every day. And it's a battle between your flesh and your spirit. And either your flesh is going to win out or your spirit's going to win out. And we're constantly fighting. Your flesh is fighting you constantly. And it wants to do, it's the me, myself, and I. It's the false trinity. It, it's what you want to do. It's how I think, how I feel, and what I want, what I feel, what I think. And we've got to get out of that mode. And so we're constantly in a battle. And so if your, if your spirit, you know, and your body gets in line, then that, that, that will get you into the place that God wants you to get into. So, you, so you, in other words, you've got to get into God's perfect will. Uh, fasting will help us curve the fleshy appetites. And the fleshy appetites are things that our body wants to do that we should not allow it to do. In Galatians 6, 19 to 21, it says that, that, that the works of the flesh are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, 
Pastor, did you have to go here tonight? <laughs> Lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath. Have you had any of those lately? Selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, reveries, and all such. I tell you beforehand that those who, who told you in the time past that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. In other words, we don't want to be practicing these things. We don't want to be walking in. This should not be making up our life. These fleshy indulgences should not be making up our life. No, fasting will help us to, to, to take down our flesh. You're telling your body that it's not in control anymore. You're telling your soul that it's not in control anymore. But what we do is when we fast and, and we seek God, it should produce the kingdom benefits. What's the kingdom benefits? Well, it's the fruit of the Spirit, glory to God. And in verse 22, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. How many people could stand to walk in more love and joy? How many people could stand to walk in joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Notice that word, self-control. Against there, there is no law. And those who are in Christ have crucified the flesh. What do you do when you're fasting? You're crucifying the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another. Amen. Envying one another. Glory to God. So we need to keep our minds set on Christ, amen? Every person in the Bible has, that, that did anything in God practiced fasting. Moses fasted for 40 days and God gave him the manuscript of the first five books of the Bible. Amen. Think about that. Elijah fasted and Elijah dealt with depression. Anybody ever deal with depression? In here? Don't raise your hand. And, uh, and, and, and Elijah, dealt, he was a mighty man of God. But even though you're a mighty person of God, you still can have weaknesses. I'm preaching today. You can have an anointing on your life. You can have the grace of God. You can do mighty things, but you still can have some weaknesses. Everybody has their Achilles heel. Everybody has their weakness that the enemy will try to do to take us down. And we can't allow that weakness to control our lives. And so we see here that Elijah fasted and he broke off depression. And God gave him fresh direction. And he raised up Elijah, his protege, to, to, to move uh, to, to, so that, that Elijah had the double portion and the double anointing. On his life. Amen. And Jesus fasted for 40 days in the wilderness. And I don't believe Jesus could have done what he did unless he was tested in the wilderness by the Spirit. And the enemy came against Jesus in the wilderness to test him. Amen. And for 40 days. And what happened? Jesus came out in the power of the Spirit. I'm going to say this. I'm going to prophesy to you today. That once you're done with this 21-day fast, you're going to come out in the power of the Spirit. In other words, the things that, that are bothering you today are going to fall off of you. The things that you've been being challenged with last year, you're not going to have those same challenges 
this year. Can I get a witness in the house today? The struggles that you've been struggling with is going to dissipate because you're seeking God. And God's going to give you the power to, to, to knock those things out of your life. We know that the story of Mark 9, 14 and 29, I'm, I'm closing. And we're going to just look at this story real quick. It says, when he came to his disciples, uh, he saw a great multitude around them. Talk about Jesus. And, a, and scribes disputing with them. So a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. There were scribes there that was disputing, I guess, with, with uh, Jesus' disciples. And immediately when they, when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed. So they saw Jesus. Jesus just came off the mountain. And running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? Then one of the, the crowd answered and said, teacher... I brought you my son who has a mute spirit and wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes at his teeth and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. And he answered him and said, Oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Now, Jesus actually was, was I think, was surprised that his disciples were, was unable to, to cast that spirit out. And then Jesus, you know, Jesus wasn't even winning any popularity contests with his disciples. He actually was saying this to his disciples, Oh, faithless generation, how long shall I bear with you? How long shall I bear, uh, uh, how long, let me see this. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? And then, then Jesus said, bring him to me. Then they brought to him, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. See, the devil has power. The devil can do some things, but God has ultimate power. The devil has some things he can do in a believer's life, but God has greater power. Remember Moses? He had the staff. Remember the magicians? They had their snakes. But Moses' staff turned into a king's snake and ate up their snakes. Talking about that God's power is greater. Say God's power is greater than the devil's power. So he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. Often he has thrown them both into the fire and into the water to destroy them. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. So the father was even doubting the fact that Jesus can... See, that's a bad place to be in. In your faith walk, don't be doubting what Jesus can do in your life. Don't doubt the power of God. Sometimes we even doubt, can even God do anything in this situation? Can God do anything with my sin that I'm struggling with? Can God do, deal with my, my children that's dealing with issues? Yes, God can deal with it. God can break the power of the devil, glory to God, off your children, off your loved ones. Off of you. And Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. All things are possible. Immediately the father and child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Now I'm going to stop here for a second. This is where some of us is at in our Christian walk. We are right here where this guy is. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. In other words, we're vacillating between believing 
and doubt. We're, we're, we, we don't know. Some days we're doing good. We're believing that God is with us. Other days we believe that the devil is triumphing over our lives. That we can't make it. That, we won't, that we're at the end of our rope. Amen. And we're, sometimes we're at that place. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. When you start fasting and praying and seeking God, it will knock the unbelief right out of you. And I'm telling you, when you get unbelief knocked out of you, that's when you're going to be in full throttle faith. And when you're in full throttle faith, there's nothing that's impossible with you that believe. Nothing impossible with God. So we see here, and he, 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 we see here, when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly and came out of him and he became as one dead. So the many said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up and he rose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? You see, this is interesting. You see, see, when you fast, you know, Jesus says that when I leave, you will fast. When you fast, you're going to be able to hear God more clearer. You're, gonna, you're, gonna, you're putting down the food. You're getting quiet with God. You're going to be able to hear God. So, so the, the disciples said they were able to ask Jesus, Jesus, see, if something's not working in your life, if something's not working in your life, you need to get, get, get close to God. You need to get quiet and you need to ask God why it's not working. And God will reveal, but you've got to get quiet. And when you get into a fasted state, you get quiet and God can speak to you. And then, he's, then the Lord said, this kind can only come out by prayer and fasting. I'm closing here. I'm going to say this, that some of you may not be set free unless you add fasting. Oh, I'm preaching today. If you've been struggling with something for years, you might need to add fasting with your prayers. If you've been dealing with an impasse that you cannot seem to get over, you might need to get serious about fasting this year and getting serious to where you're not going to lose any more in this life. I don't know about you, but I don't like losing. I want to win in every area of my life. I don't want anything taking me down. And so I want to encourage you. I I remember uh, that I... Uh, I, I gave this story before, but I had a lady that called. I was at church as many years ago when I first started pastoring. She asked if I could cast a demon out. And of course, you know, you don't get those calls too often. You know, you, you know, normally, normally you get other calls, but that's not a call. And so I, I, I said, yeah, uh, well, I said, I can pray for you and God can do, you know, God can do something, you know. And, uh, and so uh, I wasn't too sure she was going to come out, but she came out on Wednesday night. But that Wednesday, she said, I'll come out tomorrow night. It was a Tuesday night that she called. I said, we have church Wednesday night. And I wasn't too sure she was going to come out, but I fasted and prayed all day. Because I didn't know what I was dealing with. And I didn't know what I was going to deal with. And I wasn't even too sure if she was going to even show up. But I went ahead and just prepared. You know, it's better to be prepared for an opportunity and not have one than to have an opportunity and not be prepared tweet that and uh and so it's good to be prepared so i prepared all day i fasted i read the bible you're like don't you do that every day no no i wish i 
did. I mean, I do read my Bible every day. But I mean, I spent the whole day. I mean, I'm talking about the whole day between worship, praise, the Bible, worship, praise, because I was a little nervous. I didn't know if I was going to deal with, uh, what was that movie with that lady, Carrie or something? I the exorcist, right? I didn't know if I was going to be dealing with the exorcist that night. And remember in the exorcist, anybody seen the exorcist? I don't remember. Anyway, it, the, the priest, they, they, the priest couldn't do anything with Carrie. I mean, they, that, 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 that demon possessed girl was, was running the priest around, right? And I didn't want, I didn't want, I didn't want this girl to be running me around. So, so I, I like, I, I prayed and fasted and, and I remember that day. Because when I, I remember at around 6 o'clock, all of a sudden I felt this peace. I call it aggressive peace that just came on me. And I just felt like, man, I was in heaven. I just felt like I, I didn't have a care in the world. I felt like heavenly peace. I said, man, I feel wonderful. I feel like I'm walking in heaven. I, I, I have no, we all walk in some degree of stress. We don't think about it, but we do. We walk in, all, in some degree of stress. And I, had, I don't think I had any stress. And that day, I remember I preached on love. The lady came up, and she, and she came up, and uh, I was ready for her head to turn around. And I knew it was the lady. And I just prayed. I said, Jesus. That's all I said. I didn't, I didn't try to shake her, you know, push her down, you know, like some preachers will do. And uh, I, no, I just said, Jesus. And barely, I just whispered it. Jesus. And the power of God, bam, hit her. And she hit the ground, started shaking, and, and, and that spirit was shaking right out of her. Amen. Amen. That sure beats shaking her myself. <laughs> Throwing her down on the ground and getting a couple of ushers to stand on her, right? No, no, listen, listen, listen. You don't have to shout for the power of God to be resident in your life. You can just whisper the name of Jesus and the power of Jesus can set the captives free. You don't have to shake it out of them. No, the Holy Spirit, when people fall, some people say, I thought you pushed them down, Pastor. I don't push anybody down. That's trying to manufacture the anointing. I don't manufacture the anointing. I don't push people down to make my, well, okay, I'm, glory to God, I'm anointed. No, I let the power of God. I, arrest you and slay you in the spirit and that lady was set free her daughter was with her and she said is she okay i said she's okay god's doing surgery and i'm going to say this in this next 21 days god wants to do some surgery in your life and he wants to remove some things that's keeping you back from what god wants to do in your life God wants to bless you tremendously, abundantly, again, above what you can even imagine, ask, or think. And I believe as you take focus and you do this 21 days of fasting starting today and you stay committed to it, I'll tell you, after this 21 days, this year will be a different year. Did you receive it today? Glory to God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I thank you. For your mercies and your goodness today, I thank you, Father, for these precious people. Father, I'm asking that you help us to fast for your glory, to pray for your glory, to seek you for your glory. I'm asking that you'd help each person that may be reluctant in, 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 in fasting, that you would move on their hearts to make this a God year. 
a, a year of your glory. And Father, I'm asking that you bless every person through this fast. And I thank you for it. Maybe you're here in this audience. Maybe you're watching online. And you know the Bible says that, that, that this is the day of salvation. And you've never made a confession of your faith. Well, today you can receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You can have a home in heaven. You can, it's heaven to gain and hell to shun. And so I want you to pray this prayer after me and mean your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.